Welcome to the teaching ministry of Elevation Church. Today we'll hear from Joe Wedge as he teaches the next message in our series, Victory. Let's join in now. So I'd like to start with a little story about some pelicans. There's uh, this flock of pelicans that lived uh, just off the coast of California. And uh, one day a fishing company came in, started fishing near their hunting grounds, and they would clean the fish right there at the dock. And not having any use for the discarded uh, remnants of the fish, they would throw them back into the water. Well, the pelicans discovered this and thought, why hunt when it's free? And so they started coming. Every day the fishermen would come back, the pelicans would be there, and they would feast on all of these fish remains. Well, see, this went on for quite a while, but the problem was the fishermen soon discovered, well, there's actually a market for these fish remains and stopped throwing them back, started keeping them so that they could sell and make some kind of profit off of them. Interesting thing was the pelicans still showed up every single day hoping to get some of these remains. And this kept going. The pelicans kept coming back every day. And as they started to weaken and lose sustenance and just kind of shrivel up into these skeleton-like birds, the public started going, what's going on here? So they brought in all these researchers, and they, they studied the birds And what they found is that the birds, for some reason, were no longer hunting at all for themselves. There was plenty of fish right below the surface of the water, and they weren't going after them. And after more study, they just concluded that these pelicans had simply forgotten how to hunt. They'd forgotten how to fish. And the worst thing about this story is I found it in more places than just this one little dock off the coast of California. It was in coastal states from California to Florida, anywhere that you would find pelicans native, where fishing companies would either move out or stop throwing their waste back. And see, it just flabbergasted me that these pelicans would forget something that was in their DNA. They had from birth, this instinct to hunt. And they didn't know how to do it anymore. And see, there's a strong parallel to this and what can happen in our Christian life. You see, God wants us to have passion and our perseverance through life. But see, when we lose sight of this, we start to become apathetic towards our walk with Christ. And like the pelicans, we slowly become these hollow shells of who we were made to be. The very fabric of who we are. So what exactly is this spiritual apathy? Well, I like to define it as either losing our passion for Christ or dropping out on our perseverance through our troubles. See, we know we've lost our passion 
when we start to go through the motions of Christian life, but due to stress or busyness or our jobs or really whatever excuse we want to come up with, we get to the point of kind of going, eh, and we stop trying to make a difference. And we know we've lost our perseverance when that takes the next step forward and we find ourselves simply not willing to put in any effort in growing our spiritual life. And the sad thing is when we get to these points, we tend to encourage those around us to stay at our level. Because it's much easier for me to stay at my level if someone's right there with me. So, if we are made to have passion through perseverance, what causes this apathy to sink into our lives? What causes this indifference? Well, I would say the first and the foremost cause that we all struggle with is simply sin. It is the separator between us and God. You can... The definition of sin is simply going against the will of God. And when we sin, we start building up these barriers between us and him. It's not God putting up the barriers, it's us putting up the barriers. And I'm not talking about a barrier that's going to stop us from salvation. Dave talked last week about the victory through the resurrection. And if we are a redeemed Christian, if we've gone and, and we've repented to God and we have a relationship with him, our sin is history for our spiritual soul. But we have a fleshly body here on earth and our flesh in the Bible is said to be weak. And we find that when we let our little sins go, some people like to call it, it's my pet sin. And we stop talking to God about it and we stop coming to him. We build those barriers up. And as you build a barrier up to a light, it starts to cast a shadow and it becomes harder to see. And we stop seeing God's blessings in our life. And when we stop seeing his blessings, it becomes so much harder to keep that passion alive. And we start to give up on our perseverance. I would say another major cause of apathy, and it's directly related with that, is when we start letting our stress cloud our view of eternity. You know, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 25, it says, Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last. But we do it to get a crown that will last forever. See, too many times we lose sight of where we're going. We get so caught up in our day-to-day lives. I mean, just take a look at what we have to do on an average day. Maybe your household is kind of like this. You've got to get up. You've got to now get the zombies out of bed and up and moving. And that takes several times. 
you have to make sure that they're actually dressed and not still half in their pajamas. You got to get them fed, fed, <laughs> pack them a lunch, probably pack yourself a lunch, ask them four times if they have everything ready to go, then remind them that their hair is not brushed and their teeth aren't brushed. You've got to brush your hair, brush your teeth. You've got to push them out the door and get into the car. We've made it through the first hour of the day. All right. Now you've got to go to work. You get to work eight, nine hours, maybe in a good job, maybe in a job where your boss isn't all that friendly. After that, you've got to go pick up the kids from school. Now we've got to get them to swimming lessons and tutoring, and we've got to get them to basketball or baseball or whatever other activities they're involved in. We've got to make sure that they're fed. You've got to feed yourself in there at some time. Now we've got to get home. We've got to make sure they're clean. We've got to make sure they're ready for bed. We've got to get them in bed. Now we've got the house, which is a disaster. We've got to try to pick that up. We've got laundry that we've got to try to do. We've got dishes that are piling up in the sink. Don't forget, oh, I've got Bible study later this week. I've got worship team practice. I've got to go help clean the church. I need to do... Oh, bless you. I've got maybe a doctor's appointment. We've got so many things piling up. Now, fortunately, I have a super wife slash mom who does more than her fair share of that giant list of things. But life still gets stressful and all that piles up. And when we let that pile up so often, it's very easy to take our eyes off of what the end goal is. Why am I doing all of these things? Why am I going to Bible study? Why am I serving at the church? Why am I making sure that my kids are behaving? Why am I trying to raise them up? What is the point of all of this? We start to lose sight of that eternity and now all of this stress has no reason behind it. And that will very quickly dry up your passion. And your perseverance will fade very fast. And as we start to take our eyes off eternity, when we start to lose sight of what we're running this race for, it becomes very easy to let religion replace true love. See, when heaven is no longer the push behind our actions, our religion becomes more out of duty, more out of this is what I'm told to do, rather than love. The very last book of the Bible, it's called Revelation, and it's all prophecy, meaning it hasn't happened yet. It's telling us what's to come. And in the beginning of this book, there are several letters specifically written to churches in the time. These were actual churches. And we can learn a lot from what God had to say to these individual churches and apply it to our lives. In Revelation chapter 2, we see a letter to the church of Ephesus. And this is what it starts out saying. This is verse 2 of Revelation chapter 2. I know your deeds, your hard work, 
and your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people, that you have tested those who claim to be apostles and are not, and you have found them false. You have preserved and you have endured hardships for my name, and you have not grown weary. The Ephesians had the perseverance. They had their religious acts down. They were pushing on. They were moving through their troubles. They knew what they were doing. But unfortunately, the letter does not end there. It continues in verse 4, saying, Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken your first love. Consider how far you have fallen. Repent and do the things that you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and I will remove your lampstand from its place. See, they had lost their passion. They no longer were doing what they were doing out of love. They weren't doing it because they had the end goal in mind and they loved Christ so much. And because of this, because they had lost their passion, even though they had the perseverance there, God commended them for pushing through. Their works meant nothing. And even sadder is, this was an entire church and they weren't even aware that they had lost their passion. Which leads me to that last cause of apathy that I'm going to address this morning. And that's that we tend to become apathetic when we are surrounded by apathetic people. See, apathy and misery share a lot of things in the fact that they love company. There is a social psychological phenomenon out there, big words, that is called the bystander effect. It's defined as this. It's the probability of help is inversely proportional to the number of bystanders present. Now, to uh, say that in other words, the more people there are around, the less likely anybody is going to do anything. See, when everyone around us is apathetic, when everyone around us has lost the care, there's no one there to push us forward. And it becomes so much easier to just stay where we are. And we can compare ourselves with our neighbor. And we can say, well, they're not growing spiritually. I'm about their level. I might even be a little bit higher on that spiritual level. And if they don't have passion, why should I? Because that's normal, right? We're all normal. We're all the same. We're all together. Well, let's take a look back at Revelation to a church, a letter to another church. This was the church in Laodicea. It's in chapter 3, so it's one chapter past that church, uh, the letter to the church in Ephesus. God speaks to them and he says, I know your deeds, just like he said to the Ephesians. But he says, you are neither hot nor cold. I wish you were either one or the other, 
But because you are lukewarm, neither hot or cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. See, the Laodiceans, they were content with each other being normal. Not having a passion to push them forward. They thought, we're all the same. Our church is going all right. But see, they were warm. They were normal. That's what normal is. It's warm. And God said he wanted to spit them out of his mouth. This is probably the harshest letter of all the letters he wrote in the book of Revelation to the churches. So you might be saying, Joe, this sermon was supposed to be over victory. So far you've told us about dying pelicans and now compared us to loogies. I wanted to show you just how bad apathy can destroy our Christian lives. Maybe reveal some areas where Satan might be trying to creep in. Some easy areas of our life that apathy can grow in. But fear not, because this is not a lost cause. There is a victory. We can achieve victory over apathy. We can restore and keep our passion in our perseverance. And actually, if you've been paying close attention, we've already read one of God's answers to how we start to get our victory over apathy. If we turn back to Revelation 2, if we look at that letter to the Ephesians, in verse 5, God said, Consider how far you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. See, if we've fallen into apathy, or if we realize that we are falling into apathy, we need to stop, And remember, that's your first blank, remember where it was that we first started. Because to get back from a path that we've taken down, we need to know where we're going back to. Remember that love that Jesus showed when he stepped down into our lives. He died to pay our price for our sin to give us a relationship with him and to give us victory over sin. Remember that feeling that you had as a new Christian when you came to God knowing that you had fallen knowing that your sins, that your your daily life was not going to be enough to get you to heaven. That you had fallen short of his glory. But God had reached out his hand and picked you up and carried you on that your life now had a goal. And that the reward at the end was worth training for and was worth everything to achieve. 
we have to remember where it was that we were. And after we remember that, after we've seen where we came from, we need to repent. Or non-Christianese, simply turn from sin to God. It's a 180. We were heading down this road of apathy. We need to turn around, go back to what we remembered. We need to come and lay it down at God's feet. I mentioned that the first and biggest cause of apathy was sin. I told you that it creates barriers between us and God. So we need to destroy those barriers by confessing our sins to him. Not that so we can be clean spiritually. We're already clean spiritually. We're already going to heaven. But this is to clean our relationship with God. When we stop trying to hide things from him, when we tear those barriers down thinking that when we built them that they're going to hide our sins from him, when we tear them down, and just confess everything to him. We have clear communication between us and God. We restore our relationship with him, and now we can see those blessings in our life so much easier. The end goal stays clear, and the love and passion from him can flow through us so much easier. And lastly, we need to renew our relationship with him constantly. See, this remember and repent thing, it's not a one-time deal. It's every day. We need to keep the lines of communication open between us and God. You know in our day-to-day worldly lives, if I don't talk to someone... If I don't keep any line of communication open, my relationship with them is going to suffer. And it's the same with God. We need to be with him daily, talking to him, confessing our sins, telling him what's going on in our life. Letting that stress be given to him. You know, Romans chapter 12 Verse 9 through 13 says it very well. It says, Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal. Keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope. And patient in affliction, be faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need and practice your hospitality. It's time to renew your passion and restore your perseverance constantly with God. And as we come to our time of response, I'd like, uh, like you to take out your next step card. You can find it in your bulletin.
In just a moment, I'm going to give you an opportunity to take a look at that and to maybe check off some boxes, maybe write a prayer request. But first, I'd like you all to close your eyes, to bow your heads, and I have a question for you. See, there are some of you out there who can't do this first step of remembering because you haven't gotten a relationship with God yet. For some of you, it needs to start with repentance. To turn to God for the first time and say, God, I've sinned. I've screwed up. I need you. I can't do it without you. It's time to ask for his forgiveness. And he is faithful to grant it. And to start a relationship with the one who can give you victory over not just apathy, victory over sin, victory over death. And like the story of the prodigal son, when you decide to turn to him, when you decide to come walking back to him, God goes running to you. He is waiting with eagerness to see you coming towards him. And with every head bowed, I ask you today, if this is you, if you are willing today, if you need to, if he's put it on your heart to come to him, I ask you to raise your hand, to make eye contact with me. And the reason I ask that is because I want to celebrate with you. I want to celebrate with heaven as they throw a party with you. So if there's anyone here today that is willing to make that step, that wants to have a relationship with God, if you do have that decision today, I would also ask that you take a bold step right now. We have our next steps team in the back that is waiting to talk to you. Maybe you're a little hesitant about this. Maybe you still have some questions. We have people in the back that want to walk you through that. So right now, don't hesitate. I encourage you, I implore you, stand up, head straight out through the doors. There will be someone there to talk with you and to help you. For the rest of you today, It's time to take out that card. There's a lot of next steps on here. Things to get you started down that direction of victory. To help you. Maybe there's an area that God wants you to come and talk to him about. And you'd like some prayer. You'd like someone praying and interceding on your behalf. Write that down. Maybe you realize, I need to start surrounding myself with some more victory-oriented people. Thank you for listening to the teaching ministry of Elevation Church. Please take a few moments to respond to today's message.
you have any questions or you have made any decisions, email us nextsteps at elevationbuildings.com. find out more about our church, visit elevationbuildings.com. Thanks again for listening and have a great day.